creativity, entrepreneurship, and community. These are the driving pillars behind the Student Made Store and the experiences we're here to share with you. Welcome to Student Made Stories. We are so grateful you found this fun, positive, and hopefully inspiring place to come hear the journeys of talented young entrepreneurs as they turn passions into viable businesses on college campuses around the country. You'll learn how hundreds of students are finding more success than ever before thanks to the support of their own campus community, our growing network, and now, you. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of growing involved, and that was kind of just really getting my head set straight on what I wanted to do, how hard I was willing to work for it, and mm. why. And it was definitely like a challenging time watching all of my friends get corporate jobs, you know, use their degree <laughs> more more exactly. So today we have something a little different for you than the last episode. This is the story of a former student-made creator who has gone on to run her own business, The Golden Canvas, out of Brooklyn, New York, full-time. Ari Broshin is our guest today, and what you'll hear is actually from the first edition of a student-made speaker series where our 200 or so current student creators got a chance to submit their questions and get some wisdom and inspiration from people who are doing what they might aspire to be doing a few years down the road. We'll be covering some inspiration behind the origin of Ari's business, some practical advice from her journey, and inevitably, the difficulties she's faced as well. We hope you enjoy and that you get something valuable out of this today. Hello, everybody, and thank you for being here. This is our first speaker series with Student Made, so very, very exciting. Um, this will also be a podcast episode, which, little shout out to that, is a new feature of Student Made as well. Um, we had a brand new episode come out a few days ago now, actually on one of the people on this home screen, Natalie Emerson. Um, so that is something we're super excited about, just giving you all a platform to share your stories and get to know you a little bit better. Um, kind of in addition to that is who we have here today. Her name is Ari Broshin. Um, she's going to tell you a little bit about herself, but how we met her. So this goes back to uh, mine and Lindsay's college, Elon University, where student made originated. Um, it was so, so different back then you know, after we had the idea to kind of transition from pop-up shops to the online store, Elon is where it started. Um, Ari was one of our amazing artists and she was a, I guess you would have been a sophomore at that point, or maybe a junior if we had just graduated. I think you were two years behind us. I think I joined when I was senior. Senior. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that might make sense. Um, so I'll let you introduce a little bit about you um, and maybe um, kind of your background, a little bit of your journey, and then maybe what you hope to give some of our participants here today, being, you know, if you can flash back to when you were a senior, and there are many seniors 
juniors and even even first year college students here. So um, kind of what you might hope to instill in them based on what you've learned over your journey. And uh, I will pass the mic to you for a minute or two. Cool. Well, thank you for that little introduction. Um, Hey, guys. I'm Ari. Um, Like Ryan said, I joined Student Made um, back when they were first beginning. And um, I'm originally from New Jersey. I live in Vermont for a little bit, but I am currently in Brooklyn. I'm currently sitting in my studio. Some stuff. Oh, very nice. Um, And I'm going into my year and a half of being a full-time artist and I've done that um, for a year and a half in Brooklyn also. Um, Very neat. So you have a studio in Brooklyn. Is this also where you live or is this a separate studio? It is where I live. Okay. Like my bedroom is right next door and I have two roommates that live. It's like kind of a little loft situation. Okay. I have two roommates that live below me. And do you do all of your work from this from this studio, or is it like mm-hmm. one of your many like worldwide studios that like you have a European studio and like Asian studio, and this is your U.S. base, or is this where it all happens? Give me some time, okay. and then we'll have a Europe studio, uh, <laughs> U.S. studio. <laughs> okay, Brooklyn. Yeah. Brooklyn seems like a cool headquarters to be at, though. It seems like kind of a thriving and sort of hip city right now. If that's, it is. It okay. really is, especially the area I live in. Uh, there's a lot of like artists, collectives, and art studios around here. Nice. Okay. Cool. Well, that sets us up great for um, diving into the questions we received from all of you guys. So we really, really appreciate you volunteering those questions. And so what that allows us to do is um, kind of take the interests you all have. We had all different genres of questions. Um, you know, inspiration, origin questions, uh, very practical questions um, about, you know, the step-by-step of getting to where Ari is today. And then um, you also were very interested in the challenge and difficulty questions, which I also find those very fascinating. Um, So we'll get to those as well. And that's kind of the flow that we'll be following today. So I split up these questions as best I could into kind of a logical flow of how I think this story would go best. And um, we can dive into those right now, starting with Emily Price. Um, Emily, you are very active in the question volunteering, so we appreciate that. Um, Great, great questions from you. So first off, um, I think a natural place to start is where your passion began and then how you went from then went from that point to knowing that it was time to turn it into a business. Um, so going back to the very start of things for you. Um, well, if we're talking about childhood. Yeah, we'll go, I, we'll go back deep. Yeah. Um, yeah, let me dig deep into this. I've always <laughs> been a very creative person, um, but I'm a very stubborn creative person. So for a long time, I didn't like to take art classes because I didn't like when people told me what to do, especially in terms of my art. Um, and I actually got grounded one day in high school for throwing a party. My parents were out and they grounded me for about six months and I wasn't allowed to have any technology or anything. I had no contact with friends. It was very sad time. Um, six months. Yeah. Six months. (laughs) 
That's um all of six months. That's like taking someone fully out of society. That's like an experiment. Yeah. Like what happens? I I lived that. Wow. Goodness. <laughs> all right, yeah. that's the secret. We can end there. Everyone just do that. Yeah. That's the that's, that's the it. key. That's what you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um wow. but I brought that up because I that's kind of where my passion for art started. I had literally nothing to do but paint. And it was like a, a phenomenal outlet for myself. And like during this like very frustrating time and there was a lot of other like family issues going on. So it was mm. a very like strong outlet for me. And I realized like how much I loved it and how like talented I felt at it. Yeah. So that kind of continued out through high school. I took more art classes, um, fast forward to going to college. I honestly didn't go to school for art. I was kind of convinced not to by like peers, other adults, um, like don't go to art school. You won't make any money being <laughs> an artist. Yeah. So um, me being naive and not really knowing better, I didn't, I listened and did go to art school. Um, I don't regret it because I love Elon and I studied marketing, um, which like has really helped me being a full-time artist. And so basically um, my art brand name is called the golden canvas mm. um so during quarantine like many other people did they picked up a hobby once again and i just started painting started posting it online and some of my close friends actually asked um if i could paint on sweatshirts sweatpants for them kind of anything like especially sweatshirts and sweatpants because it was quarantine and no one was like doing anything <laughs> um and I just kind of post, started posting that. More people started reaching out and asking. And it slowly spiraled into being a small business um, during my senior year of college. Wow. And yes, this is when I connected with you guys because okay. I didn't, during my junior year was quarantine and my senior year um, was when we connected when I was like really trying to sub supplement babysitting during my college years with this small business. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so I did this all senior year and I honestly loved it. I was able to supplement, um, working another part-time job during school and honestly do a little bit even better than working a part-time job. Um, so that was kind of the light bulb for me was I have been doing a great job being my own boss and structuring myself the yeah. way that I work best. And that's kind of when I was like, okay, I want to do this full time. Like everything I've learned in school for marketing has really put me on the path to be able to pursue something that I want to do full time. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wow. I mean, I think that's, um, that actually transitions really well into, um, the next question that I was going to ask you, which was kind of, um, this question was from Parnika at UNC and, um, it was about knowing this career was for you? Like, how did you know this was a career for you? Because on the one hand, we have the art itself, which I think is easy to think that that's the career, like doing art. But I think it's in running a business, there are, like we were discussing a little bit earlier, so many ups and downs and unknowns and challenges. So were you, did you think, do you think you were cut out to be that kind of person as well? Not just the creative side but also the business owner side kind of what comes after taking the leap into actually you know pursuing this um honestly no i am a very unorganized person <laughs> i am 
like not I don't work well with routine I I I'm a very ADHD person with where I have to do things my way or like I won't do them so trying to kind of teach myself how to be more structured and organized and have more of a solid routine was definitely something new for me um well that's good to hear there's hope for everyone then there is hope there's hope for everyone (laughs) there was hope for me (laughs) if there's hope for me there's truly hope for everyone yeah Lindsay will tell you (laughs) so like what so uh our next question was about the sustainability of your business knowing that it would be sustainable so um, and, and the way she phrased this was, um, this was Shreya Gundam at, at UNC Chapel Hill. Like she said, at what point, um, did you know that your business would be sustainable? Um, or maybe before that point early on, what were you kind of thinking as far as how you could create a sustainable business? How, what would you have to do to make this something you could rely on? and could actually do full-time? Um, well, to answer the first part of, at what point did I realize that pursuing your business full-time would be sustainable? Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't really, like, and that's kind of a thing with starting a creative career is you don't know whether something's going to work or not, um, but it's all about confidence and, like, being so delusionally confident that no matter mm. what, it's going to work out, and that's really what has, like, driven me is that, I am just like, I have beyond confidence in myself because you have to be, Yeah. you have to have confidence in yourself to pursue something creative independently, um, that like, no matter what, something's going to work out. And like, as long as I keep working as hard as I can every day, which like, obviously it's not easy when you don't know where the end line is or like what's going to happen the next day even. Yeah. So there's really no magic wand. Right. For, for just zapping something into being exactly how you want it to be. It, it's that kind of what I think would be true across the board, what everyone would kind of say a similar thing, that it's the day-to-day repetition and kind of just being in the, what I picture as like a, as a, like a dryer, like a clothes dryer, you know, you're just kind of like getting tossed around, figuring things out and see how it smooths out in the end in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was there a difference between... Um, a lot of people asked a similar question to this. Um, the difference between your college experience and post-grad experience, was it um, a challenging transition? And I guess in terms of your lifestyle or your habits or your mentality or just your physical environment, like what was the transition like from college life pursuing your art to full-time? Um I love this question because there's two parts to it. And First, I will I will sh- I will interrupt you rudely to say that yeah. was from Natalie Emerson, um, who also everyone go check out her podcast. Uh, that was the one that was uh, launched most recently. So, um, Natalie, thank you for this for this question. Continue. Sorry. You're good. Um, so I was going to say yes, because I felt like at first I lost that immediate community that I had surrounding my art. Um, like people would see sweatshirts that I painted, um, like see someone wearing a sweatshirt that I painted and then be like, oh, I want this and reach out to me. So at first I felt like I lost an immediate community that really supported my business. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But then I realized once I graduated and surrounded myself with other like-minded creative people, my business actually started to flourish. And with that came networking, which Mm. is another very, very, very important thing as an independent creator. Um, So I almost wanted to say yes because of like losing that immediate circle around you, but no, because I think I needed it for my business to grow and uh, for myself to grow and which obviously in turn helped my business grow. Yeah. Um, So in the end, it it really like, it really, really helped me in the long run. And I've met so many people that have just like been amazing networking opportunities and connections and has helped my business in like ways that I didn't even imagine possible. Wow. And so did that come about really naturally for you in college? And then you had to kind of work harder to create that after college or how, what what was the main difference in the experience there? Say Elon versus New York city, a little bit difference in size there. I think if I had to take a guess, um, different, (laughs) you know, difference in size. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well I would say like at Elon, a community was kind of provided for me in the sense that I joined a sorority and so I kind of had like an immediate friend group. Um, whereas when I graduated and moved to New York, I wanted to live with someone outside of like a new connection. I wanted to live with someone outside of Elon. Um, I kind of started over. Uh, I'm still like great friends with my Elon friends, but I kind of started over. So I didn't really have any immediate circle at all, um, especially working alone all day by myself. I didn't okay. even have work friends or anything. Yeah, having to kind of, um, do it all on your own afterward and the, the difference there. And I think that ties into another question that I think we can lump into this, which was from Rory Moon. That's an amazing name um, at NC State University asking, do you have any tips for artists on how to take advantage of their time in college? So I imagine part of that is finding community and like-minded people. Like you were saying, um, you said you joined a sorority um, and mention those again, a couple other ways you kind of went about creating this community or otherwise pursuing things that helped with your business while in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I really dedicated time to it. Mm-hmm. I, there were times when like my friends would go, I'll go to the local bar and instead I was like working on projects and commissions I had to finish. Yeah. But, um, I would say like, if you can take advantage of your art program and the amenities that they provide, definitely do that. Um, I like took advantage of like my immediate community. Um, For example, I was launching a website and I had a small little party in my friend's backyard to celebrate the launch of the website to get my community excited about it as well. And it was kind of little things like that, that like really brought my business back into the community and like helped like spread the word from there um, because they were so excited about it that it just like that was just the main thing is like taking advantage of also what you have in front of you um yeah no that makes that makes a lot of sense and something we try to encourage to everyone who's a part of student made is really tapping into that network that you have available to you mm -hmm. um and i think I think it's hard to appreciate that while you're in college. Just the fact that you have 
depending on the size of your college, Elon may be a bit smaller, but still 6,000 people around you um, who can, you can really relate to and they can relate to you being the same age, being on a similar path together um, and how you can seek out connections with those people to really help you on your journey. I mean, doing that in New York City, um, far, far more, more difficult. I think that's, and that's something we definitely will keep encouraging everybody to do, to seek out those community events um, where they can come and listen to each other's stories and um, hear about the difficulties that people are going through or how they overcame them or even the tangible sides of their business, like how they are, um, you know, strategies and tools they're using to, to, to grow their business. So, um, so that's, that, that's awesome. And I would like to ask about, this is a question that two people had, um, Samantha Clancy at UVM and also Fabiana at USC. Um, so personally for you, from a personal standpoint, um, how did you have to change or adapt to that transition from college to life after college, as far as maybe the bravery or boldness that you had to take on to um, make the to make a go of this, you know, without that community around you, or how how did that growth look like from you for for you? Um, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of growing involved, and that was kind of just really getting my head set straight on what I wanted to do, how hard I was willing to work for it and mm. why. And it was definitely like a challenging time watching all of my friends get corporate jobs, you know, use their degree <laughs> more, more exactly. Um, and it was, it was confusing feeling like maybe I should follow like what everyone's doing. Maybe I should try to just live a stable kind of career life mm. um and so it definitely was it was it was scary it wasn't like it's never easy starting a creative career but at the same time whether I went and got a corporate job um it wouldn't have been easy to start later on like financially or not it, it's always scary um yeah. but I think also like going from being a full-time student to working independently is like the shocking reality of if you don't get your stuff done, no one will. Yeah. There's no, there's no, uh, that, you know, one person in your group project that's going to uh, take care of everything, yeah. but the night before the deadline. Oh no, there's not. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I had to learn to live without relying on that too. That was a big one. <laughs> yeah. It was a big life change. <laughs> and Lindsay was that person always doing everyone's work in the group project. And, uh, I was the one, uh, letting Lindsay do all the work. So, <laughs> so the accountability factor is huge. Um, you know, when the real world strikes, I guess you would say. Okay. So we've been through a little bit of the origin behind Ari's business, The Golden Canvas, and some inspiration that led her to where she is today. Uh, we are gonna be moving into a little bit more of the practical lessons that Ari has learned along this journey, um, and maybe some advice that she would give to our current student-made creators who might wanna pursue a, a similar path to Ari's. So thank you everyone for these great questions from our student-made community. And uh, here we go. 
Okay, so staying on time pace here, we'll move on to a little bit of the practical questions of day-to-day uh, running your business, the Golden Canvas, um, starting with Abby Goretsky, um, our part of our team at Student Made. Um, she is our program operations manager. So all of you managers and most likely you creators out there know of Abby and her infectious smile. Um, she wants to know um, what platform do you use to sell? And do you wish that Student Made was expanded to include alumni? Um, I think Abby's trying to really feel out this future expansion of Student Made into alumni. So this is uh, for her and you. Um, so what, what, how do you go about selling your work? So I made a Shopify website okay. um, and I promote my website through my social media. Um, I've tried to use Redbubble and Etsy and while those are great, they do take a large percentage of whatever you sell. Um, so what I do now is I have a Printful um, website that's integrated with my Shopify website. And Printful is kind of the same thing as Redbubble, except that you use your own storefront. Okay. Um, instead of using making an own your own account or storefront on Redbubble, you have your own store with your own domain. Um, and on the back end, it's connected to Printful. Um, and Printful is a website that you can use to print um, prints, T-shirts, coasters, whatever it is. Um, wow. So that I found to be really helpful and also something that no one really teaches you or tells you exactly. So I did go through the trial and error. Um, I did lose some money to Redbubble, but <laughs> it's okay. I'm not mad about it. Investment costs. We all, we all have them. You live and you learn and well, you, you do learn. You do learn. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe you said this somewhere else. Um, I peeked a little bit at your notes you put in for uh, your answers, but you know what, what college does not teach you. Um, what you don't learn in class and needing to take the personal initiative to um, account for your own learning and not mm -hmm. think that someone's going to teach it all to you and hand it off. I don't know. I think at that age um, in college and you just don't know what life is like afterward. I remember always saying like, they're not teaching me this. And, you know, I sit down here and they're not teaching me what I need to know. And, um, but there are endless ways to go about finding your own answers in like, anything in the world that you want to do today, you can, someone doesn't necessarily need to sit down and teach you how to do it. So, um, mm -hmm. if I just stole a future answer from you, I'm sorry, but I remember seeing that somewhere and, um, you said it beautifully. thank you. Thank you. I only rehearsed it a few times beforehand. Um, wait, I'll answer the student made question. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I think it's definitely an interesting idea and as a full-time creative, having multiple streams of income is kind of how you get by. Mm. So, you know, that could also definitely be another great source of income. Um, but I do think Studimate is really cool because it really helps students who are like trying to work on their passion and like level up their small business. Um, so it's always something to think about, but I think Studimate does do a good, really good job already. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Abby. There you go. <laughs> Um, okay, so question from Stella Quinlan at Marquette University. So very exciting thing about Marquette. Um, they were the first school to launch um, in direct partnership with the university. So um, Ari, just a little background on where we've been in the last two years. Um, we are 
forming direct partnerships with universities to kind of host this program and provide a lot more resources to students than they would otherwise have. So Stella is part of the manager team at Marquette and they are run out of the Entrepreneurship Center there. Marquette's been off to such an amazing start with alumni orders and the president of the university even gave an address and mentioned student made. Um, they're being really well promoted to all the different departments on campus. So um, anyway, that question is from, did I even read Stella's question? Um, I don't think I did. What actions do you think most helped you become successful in going full-time with your business? So I guess somewhat of a, not that there's one way to do it, but somewhat of a secret formula or blueprint or maybe a regiment of how you went about this um, and what are those key highlights that you would want us to know and Stella to know? Um, well, first of all, congratulations. That is so cool and such a great step for young entrepreneurs. Um, I think that's definitely something that everyone should take advantage of um, if and when that happens at your school. Um, but to answer your question, Stella, I think sacrifice played a big part in it, like just sacrificing a lot. Um, I didn't move to Brooklyn right after college. I stayed home for like five to six months and I bartended. Um, so I saved up a lot of money living at home and working and also working on my art. Um, so that really like set me up and I had to sacrifice um, a lot. I was up in Vermont where I grew up in New Jersey. So all my home friends are back in New Jersey. Um, and, you know, it was, it was just like that whole period was sacrificing really just to work for an end goal of being a full-time artist in New York. Um, so, I mean, I think it sounds, it's, it's kind of cheesy, but like sacrifice and dedication truly is like the most important thing because if you're not willing to sacrifice and dedicate your time, then, then, yeah. you know, it's going to be a lot harder. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's hard to begin with. Wow. That was an incredible answer. Thank you for that. <laughs> Glad. I, I don't know if this is maybe something that should have been at the, um, start of things here and maybe I should have intro this a little bit more, but can you just talk a little bit about your business itself and sort of what your products are and what your creative process is and um, what your maybe somewhat of a mission statement you have for your business? Um, even a logo, I don't know if you have anything nearby. Um, just to, I just want to give everyone a little bit more of a sense of, you know, what um, what you actually do day to day and what your what the kind of identity of your business is. Um, yeah, so I, my identity is being a New York-based artist and creator. Um, I say and creator because you have to use social media to sell art nowadays mm. and honestly to start a small business or whatever you're selling. Um, so basically my day-to-day -day kind of consists of um, working on my art, working on creating content, working on trying to get brand deals, um, working on commissions, whether that's with a client or with um, a brand. Um, it's honestly different every day, but 
I'll give you a little peek into my studio. Um, yeah, please do. So I have like always have a bunch of different projects going on. Um, I have like a big commission for a family, uh, something I did for a brand and other like personal projects um, going on in here. So it's a little chaotic, but wow. um, really every day is different. I've found that it's like scheduling my day um, the night or week before uh, has been really, really helpful <laughs> yeah. for me to not wake up and be like, what the hell am I doing <laughs> today? Um, so like provide some, some sort of clarity for myself. But um, yeah, I, I would say a lot of my days consist of uh, creating content because the more content I create, um, the more it helps my business. So a lot of that is creating content and also like studying content, studying what's trending, studying what videos do well and why. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different answers to uh, what do you do every day? <laughs> and yeah. it's a million things. What, um, what is the main form? Like what is your main art form? Is it mostly painting? Um, it's mostly painting. Okay. Yeah. I do a lot of mixed media art. Um, where I have a lot of objects in my art or I have those disco pieces that are like disco tiles on canvases with um, like mixed thick mixed media paper where I paint on and cut that out. So okay. um, a lot of my art looks different. I like paint on skateboards, um, wow. but it's, <clears throat> it's, it is mainly painting. That's my primary. What, what are, um, as you mentioned, brand, what, what was the phrase for that? Branded deals or branded brand deals brand deals yeah so what who what are the brands out there looking for what you do and what like how are they hoping to use you to improve their brand or promote their brand or what does that kind of partnership look like um sorry my dog's walking around oh it's um, okay i brand deals kind of look a little bit different for me depending on the brand deal um I've kind of tried to make myself a persona, um, like make myself the brand as an artist and a creator. Okay. So I've worked with brands where um, on the fashion side where we create videos that have to do with like my artist lifestyle in terms of through the lens of fashion. Um, but I've also worked with brands where um, I create a painting kind of about their brand to promote their brand um, and make a video based off that. Um, it, it really depends on the brand. Some are just yeah. various process videos using certain art supplies. Um, <clears throat> Interesting. It's, hmm. Yeah, it's a little all over. So do you think there, if um, some of the people here on this video um, are looking to do a similar thing, is there like a rule of that game or is it so wide open as far as what brand deals can look like? Or is there kind of like a blueprint in a way or like a certain, you know, do's and don'ts of that? Um, I mean, yeah, brand deals are, you know, like modern commercials. They're modern advertisement um, in like social media now. And like the way that products are selling is through um, creators that have a online presence and like they are able to sell their whatever they're influencing onto someone because these people like you know feel like they get to know them mm. so there's always um depending on what brand you're working for and with and why there's always some sort of like guideline um and a certain way that they should look i yeah. guess it's kind of hard to answer because it's really 
based on who is, you know, like what you're trying to promote and right. why. Right. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Um, and I think this ties into um, a couple of our next questions. One is from Rory Moon again. Love your name. Um, and the other one is from Emily Price. And I think they're somewhat similar. Um, Rory wants to know, um, what tips do you have for someone who wants to um, live off of their art and any marketing tips or advice for finding work? So I think that ties in a little bit to what you were saying um, as far as what things you look for revenue-wise, you know, the brand deals and whatnot. Um, how did you go about marketing that? And then if you find that you want to answer these in the same answer, um, Emily Price's question is, how did you start self-promoting? Um, and does it get easier over time? So mm-hmm. Rory, marketing tips, advice for finding work, kind of, I guess, getting the ball rolling, getting some income coming in, getting your name out there, and then self-promoting. Um, yeah, I definitely, these questions definitely do go hand in hand. Um, so like I said before, I was a marketing major at Elon, um, and they don't teach you social media marketing at school. Like I know how to write a press release, but I don't know how to market <laughs> myself on social media, or at least I didn't. Um, so that was something that I had to actually study on my own. I like watched a bunch of YouTube um, videos. I followed a bunch of social media managers who were sharing tips mm. on Instagram and on TikTok. Um, I read a lot of articles. I just did a lot of research and like really taught myself and studied other creators, especially those that are within my niche, other artists. Um, I studied like their Instagram and TikTok and how they, how their videos did well and why. Um, so I would definitely say learn social media, social media marketing um, and how to do it for whatever craft you're doing, um, how to level up your videos, what tripod to get, what lighting to get. Mm. Um, also, you're always welcome to ask me. I'm always happy to help. Um, but it's really like I really taught myself. And I think that's like the main advice I would give for marketing tips um, and for finding work is really building a social media presence so that other people can find you. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing I want to say about finding work is cold emailing will be your best friend. Um, I am always cold emailing, cold DMing um, brands or other creators to make connections. So um, I would say definitely don't sit around and wait for work <laughs> to come to you. Go find your work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said earlier, too, um, that this is the modern commercial, I think is the way you put it. Um, mm-hmm. Creators promoting brands and unique and creative ways. So there's certainly a market out there. It sounds like every business um, needs to kind of transition to this way of the future. It sounds like. Um, And I don't know if you have any insight into this as far as like different industries or different, um, like I assume the companies that have been around a long time and are used to the traditional ways of marketing might be slower to adapt to this kind of new trend and new um, promotion style. Um, I don't know if there are any particular industries that are that way. Um, do you do you think that there are any easier industries than others? I imagine companies that are starting now 
starting today like know about this and kind of think this way right off the bat so have you mm -hmm. have you seen anything as far as that i mean honestly the art industry is really behind um they are they have leveled up with the idea that like traditional marketing and advertising is out and this new age new digital age is how to market and advertise your products mm. and they really have like been so late to the game with catching up on that and like working with creators wow um it's honestly funny i will say that like the fashion industry is like was is and was the fastest like industry to really hop on like this fast paced moving yeah. environment of creators okay um but that's also like like you said a lot of new businesses that are starting now are really like on board with what's going on and a lot of older brands are like starting to transition um so like i don't really work with many fashion brands i have before but it's not like my primary focus okay so i will say it is still possible to find brands that know and understand the value of um creator marketing so it's i'm the fashion industry is not the way to go unless that's what you want to do <laughs> yeah i mean um, it's and it sounds like it's you can kind of tell just by other things that companies are doing that to clearly show that they're with the times or behind the times like i know fashion wise there are so many it seems like and i'm not the ultimate fashionista myself but it seems like there are a lot of things um stitch fix for instance or um shout out some others if if you like um poshmark like it seems like there's a lot of new kind of fashion innovations um mm -hmm. for millennials and for gen zers so it sounds like i would think that would be an industry that is kind of on this on this yeah, trend and then actually you... that painting right there i did for curtsy if anyone knows what curtsy is but it's just another thing like a poshmark okay yes use it all the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> we have a couple more questions in this um, category of kind of practical questions. Um, consistency. I saw you had some notes in here as far as do you stay consistent month to month with your artwork slash business? Um, if so, how? Um, that, that question's from Emily Price, JMU. Emily, you're going strong with the question game. Thank you. Um, so you've talked a lot about like regiments and tips that you have. And um, it sounds like you're really on top of the game as far as doing what you need to do. But of course, you can't c control the outcomes. And like, you know, are the opportunities always going to come your way? Or is today always going to be a winning day? Um, you don't necessarily know. And we definitely are feeling that same way, you know, with, with our business, you just um, sometimes it feels like things are really rolling smooth and building. And then sometimes it feels like there are, you know, it's here and there. Um, so what, what is, what, how is consistency? What does that look like for you or feel um, like? Consistency doesn't look very consistent for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I would say two things. One, I I think I said this earlier, but I am not a consistent person. I am not really a routine oriented type of person. Um, and two, with a creative career, every day is going to be different. Um, 
I do try my best to be consistent with very small goals that work for me, like finish um, one or two paintings a month, um, like, you know, other other smaller things like try to land one paying brand deal, um, things that like that, like something that I can keep up with and be consistent with. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but I've realized what works best for me is kind of just going day by day. Um, so I like make my schedule every day and it does seem, I'm, does seem like I'm on top of my stuff and for the most part I am, but there is still always like, there's real, no real structure without like you structuring yourself. So there's always something that kind of might get left behind that you then need to do the next day or so yep. consistency looks very different, especially for different people. Um, I'm sure people that are more, you know, type A. <laughs> on their on their stuff like, yeah you know, they their days definitely look different than mine but i am a chaotic artist and i don't work like that um so my days are structured like whatever with whatever is pressing for tomorrow whatever i need to get done um i yeah. try to do scheduling i try to you know do things that work for me yeah no that mm -hmm. that's that makes a lot of sense um that was a great and thorough answer so i appreciate that mm -hmm. um what was I going to say about, oh, the type A person. I think this goes back to a question early on about knowing this career is for you or not. And I feel like the type A person is maybe more like a, maybe not an entrepreneur, maybe not an entrepreneurial person, because um, I think there are people who you can give a, a set of tasks to, and they will just bang them out just phenomenally, like, do them really, really well, do them efficiently. Um, but then they like that security of being like, okay, I finished what I needed to do. It created the outcome I needed to do, AKA my paycheck or whatever. And I feel good about that. Like I know what I can depend on for my work. And and being an entrepreneur isn't always that way. Like you can put in a lot and a lot, a lot of work and not see an equal return. So I would assume for a type A person that might be, I'm not even exactly sure what type A person entails all the details of it, but I, I assume that would get a little frustrating or maybe they might get burnt out. So maybe there is an upside to being somewhat chaotic and a little bit inconsistent because you're like, Hey, this is going to happen and it's okay. And I, I can roll, I can roll with it. No, now, yeah, totally. I think there is power in chaos. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think, you know, like, um, a little bit of an aside here, me and Lindsay, um, being the, the founders and we work together and she is someone who's so, so good at having the checklist of to do's and getting them all done. And then being like, great, I got them done. What's on the other side for me? Like, where's my win? And if there's nothing, if, if something doesn't come out of that, it's like, what? Like I did everything so well, so efficiently. Um, and that can be so frustrating. And I hear about that from Lindsay all the time. Like I'm putting in so much work, whereas I'm not seeing as much outcome. Um, so, um, and that's what we were talking about a little before. She's like, I think I need to listen to a business podcast, you know, about people's failures and struggles because I'm really identifying that with that right now. Okay, so last question in this section is from Natalie Braden um, at UNC Chapel Hill. And she wants to know about growing your income. So I think the way we can put a spin on this question to make it a little different than the others is 
Um, like after you're established and maybe have some income coming in, how are there any tips for like maximizing your revenue and getting the most out of your time and energy that you're putting in to your work? Considering you're, it's just you, you're one person. Um, are there ways of kind of being smart, working smart and maximizing revenue and, um, any, any thoughts about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think first and foremost, my biggest tip for growing your income as a full-time artist is having multiple streams of income. So never relying on one income. Um, like I have my original work, prints, phone cases, candles, brand deals, affiliate links, and like other various side hustles. Um, but going off of what you were saying is like maximizing or taking like the full advantage of um, something to see the most outcome. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say I will make a piece and I'll make a print of that piece, but then I'll take that same piece and I'll also make phone cases, candles, yeah. puzzles, coasters, whatever else I can out of that one piece to maximize the outcome of that. Yes. Um, so I would say like that in any form is the most helpful, like work smarter, not harder. Yep. Um, otherwise you will burn yourself <clears throat> out you know, like taking one design and learning how to screen print and get that screen print, just the, all you need is one screen and just printing that onto a bunch of different t-shirts or hoodies, you know, something that you can reproduce quickly. Um, and again, get the most outcome. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a great idea. I think that's, I think that's right on. And um, I think we have a lot of painters in student made who are figuring that out um, that, you know, making prints, out of them is just a far easier way to replicate um, your work and reduce the reduce the time for each piece. And um, one story about that: another alumni who's actually with um, Student Made still um, is from University of South Carolina, and she um, we used to go up to Soda City a lot there. It's kind of their huge um, Columbia Farmers Market that they do, and it's far- Farmers Market, Craft Market. And she only had four prints. Um, they were pretty good sized prints, like maybe three feet by two feet, something like that, maybe a little smaller. And she only had four of them and she would sell them for $30. And I, she must have sold 50 of them every Saturday. I mean, just she made the one investment to make a huge canvas out of them. And then just she knows her cost as well, which ties into revenue, of course, knowing how much it's going to cost you to print out a thousand of these or a hundred of these, um, mm-hmm. how much you can sell them for. And then knowing what people like and people just buy them every single week. And mm-hmm. she's, she's done so, so well with that. So that's always an example we, we reference is, um, as far as how to maybe go about that. Thank you for sticking with us so far in this episode. We hope you've enjoyed hearing from Ari so far. We have one major section left in this conversation today. Um, You might have guessed it. Um, The inevitable challenges that come up in a journey like Ari's. Doing something that's creative, different, unique. Um, And as she mentions, you know, something that there isn't much of a clear blueprint for um, as far as what to follow. So uh, we have some more amazing questions from our student-made community. Uh, Thank you everyone for submitting these. 
And uh, we hope you enjoy and learn something from the rest of this conversation. Challenges, lessons learned, and maybe advice you would give to everyone listening today. So we'll start off with Grace Bergen. Grace, I've been seeing you on the screen, waiting patiently down there. Um, What has been the hardest part about pursuing your business full-time? I feel like we've gotten into some of these things. If you had to pick one, maybe even in a few words, what is the hardest thing? Um, Not knowing what to do is kind of the hardest and scariest part is like genuinely having no idea what and how to be a full-time artist like because it's obviously not just painting all day there's so much more that goes into it um and figuring out how to monetize that passion um those are you know like the biggest roadblocks that i had to like kind of mentally overcome Mm -hmm. and really like sit with myself and um, figure out that I have to understand that there is no clear road path. <laughs> I mean, there has, there obviously has been thousands of successful artists, but every single one has done it differently. Um, yeah. So I guess it's really just about like trying to learn how you can do it and how you can like keep getting better every day. Um, but it's scary because there really is, it's not like a corporate job where you can try to work your way up in a certain ladder or you can switch jobs and there's like all the structure and you kind of know where life is going and like where your career is going, at least for like a time being or whatever. Um, so it's, it's scary and it's definitely not an easy jump to make, but it was the best decision of my life. I wouldn't, trade it for like a stable nine to five life. Definitely not. Even if it gets really, really, really hard some days, like some days I do question why I didn't go the stable route, <laughs> but then the good days remind me like why I didn't and why I would not be happy and wow. why I am happy. I decided to take that jump into like not knowing what really to do and what really is next. Um, Man, gosh, I feel like being a, entrepreneur, especially an artist entrepreneur needs to be equated more often to like finding enlightenment, like, like a trip to Tibet and like start floating in the lotus posture. Like, how do you deal with like what you're just talking about is so profound. Like it's not painting a brush on canvas. It's not even finding business deals. It's like navigating the hardest part about life. Like some of the most difficult walls to overcome and like questions to ask yourself like crazy things i yeah. i don't know if it's talked about like that but it's it certainly seems like it you know it's it's an, an intense journey it is it really is a lot of self-discovery so about yourself did you um so on like a personal note with that is that something you had to like accelerated course catch up on after college or did you kind of personality wise are you were you this way during college or were you kind of at being faced with these hard challenges and seeking answers to these things or what, how did that, cause a lot of people asked the difference between in college and post-college. So what, um, as far as that topic, what was, what did that transition look like? 
Well, I mean, career-wise, it really was like a harsh transition after college because, well, you know, in school, obviously you're not like actively looking for a career while you're like studying to get there. But um, it also like not using my degree, like posed a lot of like questions and like confusion. Yeah. Because I, I, I yeah, I feel like you're not faced with as many um, with the same set of challenges, but maybe you can start developing those kind of resiliencies or mm-hmm. ways of I don't know. I feel like the word is just like enlightenment. Like when 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 challenges come your way, okay, not to freak out um, yeah. or yeah. things become hard yeah, to like, yeah, to, like to trust like the process, trust like, the process and the mindfulness or whatever you want to. Um, I feel like it's, I feel like it's, it's just yoga. I feel like we're getting, this is, you know, did you take any yoga? Were you a yogi in college or anything? Honestly, I really, really tried to be, but it never stuck. <laughs> really? Okay. Cause yeah. I, I feel like it's a lot of the same, same, um, I don't know, um, mantras, I guess as, as business, you know, really, you know, it really is. It's so true. Yeah. Like sit in the, sit in the, what do they always say? Like sit in the hard, like sit in the, whatever they say. And then you're like in chair pose and you just want to die. And they're like, embrace it like this, you know, don't think of this as negative. Don't think of this as bad. And you're like, that's just impossible. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, uh, I want to get to Sarah Massey, who is, um, I don't know if you can see her, um on your screen but she is just a wise soul um she's on the team with us with me Lindsay and abby at student made and she had some questions as far as big picture guidance that we might leave everyone with today um and just i just wanted to give kind of a um preface to this just these questions coming from sarah you know she has um, decades more life experience and business experience than we all do. And I think she can see things from a perspective that we don't necessarily see. Um, so I do want to ask, she had three questions. If we don't have time to get to them all, um, I want to ask at least one of them. Um, the first one she asked was, what is one thing, um, you know, now that you wished you had known when you first started your business? Um, that to make money, you need to spend money and by spend money, I mean, invest in yourself. Mm. That was definitely a harsh reality that I had to face and learn on my own. Um, especially also knowing that like your first year, you have to be prepared to like not make any sales, make any money your first year starting on your own, like at least have that preparation underneath your belt. Um, so that on top of trying to understand that I also needed to spend money to eventually make money in the future. Um, I definitely wish that was something I knew before starting. I think I maybe could have set myself up a little bit better rather than like running into the problem and having to fix it then, Um, which I mean, it still worked out, but like it definitely would have, I would have had maybe a smoother path to follow knowing and understanding that you need to spend money to make money. Great, great point. Wow. I wasn't expecting to hear that necessarily, but that makes total sense um, Mm -hmm. in in every business, I think. Um, 
Uh, I have a follow-up question, but I'm not going to ask it because I want to get to another one of Sarah's questions, which is, um, has there been anything in your experience that motivated you to change anything about your business? Sort of a pivot, maybe you would say. Um, I guess, honestly, going from Elon to Brooklyn, um, I surrounded myself in a much more creative um, community once I got to Brooklyn. Okay. Um, so I guess that experience of really trying to like surround myself with people who I felt were a little bit more like me and a little bit more um, like, you know, like-minded creative, um, that experience really motivated me to make my business truly me and rather curate my business to the community that I'm in and curate it to what I feel like sells or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, No, that, that's a great answer. I think, because you talked about the community of college campuses earlier, which can be a great thing, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there to seek support, um, from peers and, other business owners on campus, great thing. But if your campus isn't necessarily a place that you feel really fueled and inspired, which could be a possibility, that's not going to be your only environment you're ever going to be in. Um, Like example A, Elon, North Carolina to New York City. I mean, completely different. The people are different. The pace is different. The influences. Um, So I think that speaks a lot to putting yourself in the right place physically to succeed and be around people that help you help you get there. So, um, which is a good thing to know that if you don't find that in your four years, um, you can certainly find it elsewhere. So I think that's, that's a great lesson. And last question. Uh, mm, what, let's see. Um, I don't know if this will be redundant, but if you have anything else for this, um, or if not, that's okay. But what is your best piece of advice that you can give to current student-made store creators? Um, yeah, I'll say something different than the note that I had. <laughs> I would say network. Networking is so, so, so important. And I also learned that like on my own by, you know, just reaching out to fellow creators, um, other just creative people that worked around here, um, putting, going to events, putting myself in uncomfortable situations, like going to gallery openings alone, um, and networking with people that I met there. Yeah. I would really say even at Elon, um, networking within your art community, within, um, student made, uh, really networking any way you can, because every connection is meaningful. Every connection is worth it. Wow. That's beautiful answer. Well said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that was just, that was just, uh, without, without preparation too, because, um, that's not, that was, from the heart. That was <laughs> on the spot because that was not the note that you had written down. So, um, thank you so much for that. And I know we're seven minutes over time, so I'll make this exit brief and just say thank you to everyone for coming. And Ari, thank you so, so, so much. Um, I'm sure you had a long day today and Mm -hmm. um, thank you for staying up with us. And I know it's the city that never sleeps. You're welcome. Um, Do you sleep even though it's the city that never sleeps? Um, I like to say I sleep, but I don't really sleep. 
Really? Oh my gosh. Creative fuel right there. Another secret. <laughs> I'm going to have to try all these. Well, thank you. Thank you again. You're welcome. I would like to say something really quick. Absolutely. Um, thank you for everyone who came. I am always open if anyone wants to reach out, has any questions about literally anything. And I would love for you guys followed my journey. All my art accounts are called The Golden Canvas. Um, but truly, I'm always here if you have any questions or need advice or anything. Thank you for being with us today. Whether you enjoyed this conversation on a car ride or maybe a walk around campus or even a favorite nature spot, we make these podcasts for you uh, so you can get to know the passionate people who make up this wonderful student-made community and be inspired along your journey of creating something awesome. We hope you'll stay tuned for another episode coming out in a couple of weeks. We hope you have a great rest of your day and uh, keep it creative. <laughs>